Tennis Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Now presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our new SGPN Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Reichel, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Jacob. And we're going to, first of all, recap what happened so far in the past week in Umag, Kitzbühel, and Atlanta. And then we got some title matches to go through. We got the finals in Umag and in Atlanta, which should be fun, and looking forward to covering those. But Sam, how's it going with you? How's your betting week been? All right. Uh, I hit hit earlier this week my lock of uh, the over in that Sonego and Duhar match. So that was nice. But unfortunately, my dog, Kyrgios, plus 160 to win the quarter. He saw Kokonakis lose 2-0, and he's like, I'm not playing without you, brother. And he just decided to quit. So... You know, I couldn't have that on my back. I couldn't have that action, which I would have enjoyed because I could spread that out for the entire week uh, instead of having to do different bets, which I always like. But uh, otherwise, I know we both had team in Kitzbühel, which was kind of rough, but uh, we move on. Oh, uh, we had team to win the quarter in Kitzbühel. I said on the show, I didn't think he'd actually win the tournament. And that was kind of the weird scheduling situation. The underlying theme of Kitzbühel was the weather because we had a couple of rain delays at pretty, let's just say, important moments of matches for a couple days there. You had a team who had a chance to go up a break in the third set against Humphman and ended up failing the opportunity. Then there was a rain delay for about 45 minutes, and then he got broken immediately after that. And then the day after, you had Humphman in the semis going into the third set tiebreaker and they had a rain delay and had to postpone it for the following day. And then Hoffman uh, ended up losing. So I guess that balances itself out. But Batista Agut ended up winning pretty handily in the final. Uh, I believe it was 6-2, 6-2. He just absolutely bodied him. Props to Batista Agut. I believe that's his 11th ATP title, second on clay. He's the model of consistency. I thought he would cruise through his quarter, and he did not. Laheka probably should have beaten him. But Batista Agut ended up taking advantage of the second wife and won the tournament. And then as for the other two, I'm trying to make a oh, main take. Just to note, just yeah. to note real quick, I'm sorry to cut you off there. The semifinal in Kitzbühel, uh, Batista Agut versus Ramos Vignolas was one of the craziest matches I think I've ever seen. Every single point was an absolute war. And, you know, uh, Ramos Vignolas looked like he was down and out. And so, I mean, Batista Agu was hitting all like a, all of his shots. Those four, the forehand was unbelievable. And Ramos was playing really, really ridiculous defense. I mean, getting to balls I never thought he would get to. But he ended up being down five two in that set in the second set. Ramos Vignolas double break. And he ended up winning. Yeah, double break five two. Right. Yeah, double break. And he ended up breaking him twice. You know, bra- breaking him, holding serve and then breaking him again to tie the game, to tie the matchup at 5-5, five, five, or I'm sorry, the setup 
to five to five. You ended up losing in a tiebreaker. But in the middle of all that going on, there was talks about a fake injury Ramos Vignolas was doing. Um, Bautista Agu was angry at, at the coaches of Ramos Vignolas who was screaming at them. That was the leg issue, right? That was when he started cramping, so to speak. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was saying he's cramping, but he's moving around like unbelievably well. So it, it was it was a wild, wild match. Yeah, he very, also very fun. Yeah, he also fought off uh, three match points at five four while he was defending, and uh, Agu just couldn't close it out on his serve. Eventually, closed it out. That was a very fun match. Uh, the story of the tournament, even though he ended up getting the silver medal, was Misalich, who had a very nice run there as the local Australian kid. Had a nice three-set win against Lahovic, a nice three-set win there. Uh, sorry, I said Austrian. I said Australian. Sorry, yeah, Austria, the homegrown kid in, Austri- in Austria. And he ended up getting through Hoffman, but of course there was a little bit of a disadvantage because since they had to continue that semifinal match, he had to play the tiebreaker and then play the final a couple hours later, and he got absolutely bodied. But we also saw weather play a bit of a factor in Atlanta, mostly involving the semifinal match yesterday between Demenor and Ivashka. It was 5-5 in the first set. There was rain for about, I don't know, two, three hours. And then Demenor immediately got broken when they returned at 5-5. Lost the first set, but then absolutely destroyed him in the final two sets, 6-2, 6-2 to make it back to the final. And if you want to go through the other opponent, Brooksby has looked very solid. He ended up beating Isner in three in the uh, quarters, and that's the only uh, set he's dropped in the entire tournament. He's looked very comfortable. Uh, Sam, you have any other takeaways? I also want to give a quick shout-out to Zepieri, who gave Alcaraz a hell of a run on Saturday. Uh, ended up actually getting injured, whether or not you think Ramos did or not. He was limping around the entire uh, back half of the third set. Uh, got broken at 3-3, got broken again at 5-3. He couldn't move. So Zed Pieri's leg gave out on him. He arguably could have beaten Alcaraz in straight sets. He kind of forfeited a couple of set points there in the first set. Any surprises for you? Um, I mean, in the Umag tournament, you can't really, I can't really say the surprise besides Alcaraz going to that third set today. But you have Senna versus Alcaraz. It's the top two guys that's what in we that thought. tournament. Yeah, that's what we thought was going to happen. We, we wanted to go for long shots because, you know, it's very possible some guy can slide in there. You know, Zep Yeri had a decent shot today somehow to beat Alcaraz. So, you know, it's always a good idea on clay these days to take a long shot, but it's pretty much what we thought would happen. And then Atlanta, uh, it's kind of um, a mishmash. I mean, we thought Isner might get there because he, you know, he's won the tournament so many times, but he had injury problems. Kyrgios backed out. Tommy Paul had a decent run until he was taken out by Ivashka. That was a shame. We mentioned that one. Uh, I mentioned Tiafo also, maybe trying to get make the distance. If you we, we know it was match. a head case, so we knew at some point it was going to fall apart, and Tiafo looked dominant, kicked the crap out of Nakashima, and then he got absolutely just steamrolled against Brooksby on Saturday. So, yeah, I, I can't say that any of us fully predicted Diminor against Brooksby. I know we mentioned Diminor, so I can't say that he totally surprises us. Then again, I think that's we, a shout out to Stone. I think he, well, I was going to say we mentioned him. Then we talked about him potentially playing against Kyrgios, and then Kyrgios dropped. So I can't right. say that we're exactly surprised. Diminor's here. Brooksby, are you surprised by? Because I kind of am. He's a talented player, 
But yet, I don't think he has enough firepower where I would automatically pick him to make a deep run in any given tournament, you know? Yeah, he's looked like Gumby out there in this tournament. He's been getting to every single ball. He's very lanky, very tall, so he's able to do that. But, you know, it, it's very tough to pick a guy like that. Right, Like you said, doesn't have much firepower, really plays with more defensive and finesse game. Um, so it's it's tough to pick him. But Isner had the leg problems. Isner won the first set against him, and then Brooksby kind of just completely turned it around, breaking him three times throughout the match after that. So, uh yeah, I mean, Brooksby, congratulations to him to making the final, and uh, we're going to see him tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to it. I know you mentioned how your lock and dog did. You went 1-0 because your dog ended up not playing. But for mine, I ended up uh, winning the lock and losing the dog. I had Pedro Martinez beating Jari in the first round. That was never in doubt. Uh, ended up winning in straight sets. And then for my dog, I had Ramos Vanolas and... Varius over two and a half sets and Ramos smacked the crap out of him. So that ended up not working out for stone. He had Shelton beating Ramanathan, which ended up winning as his lock. And then he had Altmeyer who got absolutely destroyed. Right. That, that, that yep. was the summary. Okay. So yep. uh, stone and I split, we hit the lock. So there you go. And you went one and oh, so there you go. Pretty solid show. Could have been better. But either way, uh, we'll look for some nice winners to go through the finals. But before we actually get into the breakdowns for the two separate ATP finals, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Make sure to get down on the wins bet $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet for their reduced juice in baseball games, which makes them the best place to bet MLB. And if you also bet $500 on sports or casino for July 31st, get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the SGPN crew. Just go to Sports Gambling podcast.com slash discord welcome back everyone to the tennis gambling podcast for when on break we quickly recapped what happened over the course of the week and how we did on the last show so now it's time to get into what's going to happen for the two finals matches in the atp with umag and atlanta taking place on a sunday Sam, we're going to start off with Umag, just going in chronological order. Umag's taking place at around 2 p.m. Eastern time, and then Atlanta's taking place at around 5 p.m. Eastern time. So for this one, this is definitely the match you will kind of want to base your day around if you like tennis. you got Alcaraz against Sinner. Uh, of course, they just played in Wimbledon, which Sinner ended up winning in four sets. Before that, Alcaraz did win both previous meetings on clay, they were competitive. Actually, sorry, they played in how, on a hardcore indoor in 2021. Sinner won that one in straight sets, two competitive sets. And they also played in Spain back in 2019 on hardcore outdoor. And Alcaraz won in three. So surprisingly, two young European guys going against each other. They've played three times and never played on clay which is a little bit weird. So we're going to see what happens in this one. 
Sam Alcaraz is favored around minus 150. Uh, you can find minus 160 or 70, so you really should shop around. But for this matchup, Alcaraz is favored despite struggling in the semis. First of all, Sam, do you think he should be favored? And if the answer is yes, do you think the price is right? I definitely think he should be favored. Minus 150, I think, is actually uh, a little bit too low. I think he should be more at around minus 200, to be completely honest with you. I know we could see minus 175. I think they're, that's, a, that's even a little low. Um, I think Alcaraz, you know, he's he's battle-tested at this point. We saw, we've saw we seen him play throughout the week. He's been very good. His forehands have been just uh, – he's been – throwing out winners with his forehands, his backhand is perfect. I mean, his stamina has been there. He lost the second set today, and he was up a break early in the first set. So, I mean, that you got to take that into account. But the way that he, he's, just, he's been playing is just phenomenal. So I think he should be more at around a minus 200. But what do you, what do you think? I think that he would be around 200 if he won in straight sets yesterday. But the fact that he yeah. had to go into a bit of a grind against Zipieri, and it was a long match. They played three sets, or basically two and a half because Zipieri got hurt, but they played for two hours and 55 minutes. That's a marathon. And you're looking at what Sinner had to deal with in the semis. I mean, you can't even equate them. Sinner dropped four games against a relative unknown. So Sinner's match took an hour and 25. So I feel like when you're trying to price the actual number, do you think it's worth 50 cents when you're on the court about an hour and 30 less than your opponent for the final? I still think so. I think Alcaraz, you know, we said this from the beginning that we thought Alcaraz was going to win. The fatigue factor can definitely play a part here, but Alcaraz is such a young and talented player with a very high level of stamina that, I think that is, it's a good deal. I still think it should be at minus 200. I'm still putting it in my mind like he did win in two sets. Obviously, he didn't. And, you know, he did waver a little bit uh, in that first set and second set. But ends up Yeri ended up getting tired versus Sinner, who absolutely destroyed Agononymy, uh, who played very well, actually, during that tournament. Surprisingly, the 130, ranked 136 was able to get to this point in the tournament. But, uh, you know, I, I still think Alcaraz is a better clay court player, and I'm, I, I still think he's a good deal. Do you buy into the revenge angle at all for what happened to Wimbledon, or do you just think that there's a title on the line, so you're already motivated enough? Um, I think I think that's definitely in the back of their minds. Of course, it's a change of surface, so it's a completely different ball game, especially for Alcaraz being on clay now compared to grass. But it's definitely in their mind. You know, the last time, I mean, Alcaraz did just lose to Musetti, but before that, in a Grand Slam, last time you lose to that guy, you definitely have it in mind. So um, I think Alcaraz might have a little motivation there because of that. Uh, but center, like you said, he, he's fresh. He's still fresh. But I still think Alcaraz is the better player on clay, so I think it's a good deal. Yeah, I also am a little bit kind of perplexed what to read into for this tournament because Alcaraz dropped the set. Sinner did not. Can we agree that Sinner's faced the better competition? Yes, I know that he faced off against an unknown in the semis. So did Alcaraz, all things being considered. But Alcaraz beat Gombos, who is not a clay court player at all. He beat Bagnus, and Bagnus is an okay challenger-level clay court player. And he beat Zepieri. 
didn't perform well, but he beat him. And then you had Sinner, who ended up beating up on a qualifier that's relative unknown. He beat uh, Baina in a very competitive two sets, who's a pretty solid clay court player at the ATP level. And then he ended up beating Munar, who's a well-known clay guy in straight sets in the first round. So if you want to read into the comfort on this actual surface or in this tournament, can we agree that Sinner has looked more comfortable considering the level of difficulty compared to Alcaraz? I, I mean, he, he has had the harder strength of schedule here. He has had the tougher competition when we're talking about Sinner and those guys, those guys you just mentioned. But if we look at any other match besides the one that just happened against Alcaraz, you know, he beat Gombo 6-2, 6-3 without a problem and Bagna 6-0, 6-4. So he really didn't have a problem until today. Uh, you know, it's all about the fatigue factor. I do agree. But with a guy like Alcaraz who has the stamina, I still think that he could be that he should be around the minus two hundred. I mean, I agree with you that the strength of schedule was tougher for Sinner, but that's just the way I feel. Plus, Alcaraz is the defending champion, so you know for a fact he is comfortable here. I just was thought for the fatigue purposes. I found it fascinating that Sinner has dropped less sets despite facing stricter competition. That was kind of my point, but either way, that's fair. We're going to get back to that for Lock and Dog, obviously. Now, moving on to Atlanta, you have a pretty fun matchup between two guys with very similar play styles with Diminor mm-hmm. and Brooksby. Diminor favored around minus 125, minus 120, once again, depending on where you shop. And yeah, for the total in this one, it is around 21.5, 22.5. You can find 21.5 at minus 145 or 22.5 and minus 105, so meet somewhere in the middle there. They've never played before, so you can't go based on head-to-heads. But, Sam, what are your thoughts for this particular matchup? Yeah, like you said, they have kind of a similar play style. None of them is uh, like an over-the-top strength player where they're hitting winners all the time. Um, and none of them are really bang serves, bang aces all, all day long. You know, uh, Brooksby had seven aces in his match today against Tiafo. Obviously went shorter than Demon Hour, and Demon Hour went three sets, and he had six aces. So both of them are not, you know, tremendous servers, and they're, you know, players that like to get to the ball and play a little bit defensively. So it should definitely be interesting. And the books seem to agree because it's almost even. It's almost a coin flip. Um, when it comes to the match itself, D- Demon Hour, he played Duckworth and won straight sets. Then he played Manorino, went three. And then he played Ivashka and went three. Of course, you talked about the rain delay, which could have easily caused the problem in that first set. And that could have been why he dropped the first set because he immediately got broken after that. So that's something to definitely consider. But Brooksby's just looked phenomenal. He's been getting to balls that Tiafo Tiafo's the kind of guy that does have the strength. His volatility is tremendous, but he does have the strength to hit winners on the forehand all night long. And, and Brooks a good server was just, as well. Right. And Brooksby was just getting to them. And then he was able to be bit Isner, Mackenzie McDonald, not a cupcake match at all. And then the first round Benoit pair, let's forget about that that's one. Just fu- that's just funny. But you know that's I, don't, I didn't know Benoit Pair traveled to America. But uh, he's, playing he had a, he's playing next week in City? He's playing Gojo. In the City Open? Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess when he comes to America, he stays in America. Yeah, I mean, why not? That does make sense. He's lazy. He's too lazy to travel back. You know. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. I mean, he has to travel from Atlanta to Washington. That's a long flight for him, a nice two yeah. and a half hours. Besides, but, you for, you forgot, you still get paid for first round loss. That's right. That's so. true. You want to show up, I guess, but I, I didn't even know um, Benoit Pair even considered that or cared about that. But anyway, going back to the match, I think Brooksby had a tougher strength of schedule and. Um, you know, a coin flip here with Brooksby getting maybe you could get a plus 100. Not so bad. What do you think? I think fatigue could be a bit of a concern. Now, Demenor is definitely a very fit player. We know that he runs around like a lunatic, and you called him Gumby before because that's a pretty good summary of what he is and honestly what Brooksby is as well. But Demenor went three sets against lucky loser Manorino, and... He wasn't looking good early, and then it looked like Manorino ran out of gas, and then he lost the first set against Davashka before turning it around. Brooksby lost a set to Isner, which, you know, is going to happen. Isner's going to serve like a lunatic. You're going to get broken once, and you lose. Like, that's happened before, but he responded nicely. Isner's knee was acting up again. He took advantage of it, but he's looked really good, and you can make an argument that Brooksby's win over Tiafo was the most impressive win of the tournament by basically anybody because he smacked the crap out of Tiafo. Can I say that? Yeah, 6-1 first set. So I definitely think there's value on Brooksby. Now, I said before we went on air, I expected Diminor to be favored by about minus 130. He's around minus 120 solely because he's experienced, he's won at the ATP level, and most importantly, he's won here at the ATP level because he is a former champion. I don't know if it really matters because I'm assuming we're in agreement the fans are all going to root for Brooksby because he's the hometown guy or, Mm -hmm. you know, the local American. So I do think that Brooksby will have the fan interest, but I'm expecting a very good match, and I do think it should end up being a war throughout. So anything else you want to talk about or should we uh, move on to the last part of the show? Um, uh, It's definitely a match to be looking for if if you're looking for – uh, like points that are going on for more than 10 shots, maybe, if yep. we could get there. I mean, that's a lot to ask for, but you, you'll definitely see a couple of them, I think, tomorrow um, with these guys not being such strong hitters and, you know, hitting winners all day all, all day long like Tiafo can. But, yeah, it should be fun to watch. If you think about the over on time of match, I would take the over in this one because this match might take three hours. Like, uh, yeah, this, this be might be an absolute grind. Now, of course, you could have one player win handily in straight sets and the match is over quickly. But the makeup of this actual matchup suggests that you're going to see a lot of potentially 30 or even 40-shot rallies. You might see a couple of those in this particular match. We saw it with Brooksby against Zverev, for example, in Mexico, where they were just going rally Every rally took like two minutes. So you might see something like that in this particular matchup. But I agree, should be a fun one. But it's going to be time to move on to the Lock and Dog segment. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private information to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means all your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. 
IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed on computers, tablets, phones, even Fire Stick devices while streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. Plus, IP Vanish has a great deal in place. It's offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months absolutely free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Dave. We've all been in a situation or two at some point in our lives we were a little bit short on cash. Maybe you can only afford a couple of gallons of gas or maybe you got another save the date and you're wondering how you're supposed to afford a gift. That is where Dave can help you. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill up your tank, buy a wedding gift, or even to catch up on your bills. All you have to do is download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. So we ended up recapping the week. We talked about what to expect in the finals of Umag and Atlanta. Now it's time to put our money where our mouth is because it's time for the lock and dog segment. Sam, you've been on a bit of a heater recently, so I'm going to let you go first. What's your lock for the show? Uh, I'm going to stick with the guy that I've been making a case for. Uh, I think Alcaraz at minus 150. He, he's, he's the better player on clay. Center obviously has played unbelievable in this tournament and has had a great clay court season. But, I mean, Alcaraz is a top five clay court player in the world right now. Um, I think we could both agree on that. So I'm going to stick with Alcaraz. I know he had a three-setter. I know center is more fresh, but I think Alcaraz with the stamina he's got, it shouldn't be a problem. Minus 150, I'll take that lock it up. So for this one, I was torn between potentially taking different plays on the same match or going with the uh, one-from-each-match strategy. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Alcaraz. Uh, on the money line. The fact that he's won here before is the deciding factor for me. And Zeb Pieri was also playing out of his mind yesterday. You could argue about fatigue, but Alcaraz has been extremely comfortable. And I know that he's going to be able to get into center service games more than center's opponents have been able to. And I do expect this match to be a bit of a struggle at times. Both these players should be top five in the world at some point, right? I mean, I feel like it's a no-brainer that this is the future next-gen rivalry to look forward to, or at least it feels that way early on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm expecting a battle, but I do think Alcaraz gets revenge, especially on clay. And I do think you might see Sinner up a break, maybe in a set or two, which I don't know if that means anything in clay because we know Alcaraz is very capable of breaking back. But for me, it's the court coverage that really decides this match for me. Alcaraz can just move around the court so seamlessly, especially at Umag, which is why he's the defending champion. So after losing to Musetti 
in a difficult three-set match last week. I think Alcaraz bounces back and wins the title. So we're going to share the lock here. It's going to be close, but I think Alcaraz finds a way to get it done. Might be a competitive match, 7-6, 6-4, something like that. But I do think Alcaraz is a pretty solid option when he's probably a top-four clay player in the world, and Sinner's probably top-10. So that's how I look at it. But, Sam, now I'm yeah, going to ask you. I, oh, sorry. I'm also, you know, I they have the the replay of the Alcaraz match today. And let me just see if he, he wins incredible. this point. That, yep, that, he wins the point. I'm just watching on Tennis Channel. So, yeah, definitely Alcaraz tomorrow for me. Just like that. But Alcaraz looked great. Zepieri just was trying to match his form. So when people look and see three sets, you immediately think, well, this guy clearly – is struggling. He's not looking great. Now, Alcaraz looked great. He just ran into a guy going, like, super mode. Like, there's really not much you can do there, but he won anyway. So, we're both going to go with Alcaraz for the lock. Sam, for your dog, what are you going to pick? All right. So, for my lock, I went for a bet that's uh, a money line, you know, and you can find it anywhere. And I'm going to do the same exact thing for Atlanta. I'm going with the underdog in this match right now. It's going to be Brooksby at plus 100. I just think he's been playing extremely high quality tennis, um, especially on a change of surface, going to hard court now. He's been playing very well, beating Isner, dominating Tiafo today. Just being, like I said, Gumby, we both agreed. Uh, it's kind of a good analogy. And, you know, you will see shots that are wars, like you said, 20, 25 rally shots, maybe. I mean, points, maybe. And it'll be fun to see. But I think with the Demon Hour fatigue, especially, I think the plus 100 is way more value than what we could get over on the Demon Hour side of things. Yeah, I definitely think that if you want to play the fatigue angle and go with the crowd favorite, so to speak, I do think that Brooksby has value there. Do you think you're going to see money on Brooksby, or do you think it's going to pretty much stay where it is now? I think he'll probably end up close to a minus 110, minus 110 situation. I think right now at plus 100, uh, it's, a, it's a very good deal to take. Um, to get a guy like Brooksby who is well-rested, fresh, is going to be fresh tomorrow, and who has played this well, um, it's a good deal to get a guy that's an underdog like this. Yeah, now here's going to be my question for you, Sam, because I'm going to go with the same match. Different play, though. Do you, should I go extra, it's, I don't want to say safe or you know whatever because it's a dog, but do I go crazy or do I go with something that I think is realistic but you know a little bit on the safer side? Uh, I think you should mention both. We all want to hear what you got. All right, so I'm going to go with over two and a half sets as my lock. Uh, you can argue about fatigue, but with two players with very similar styles, I'm just expecting chaos. I'm expecting a war, potentially a three-hour match for three sets. I'm going to go with the over uh, two and a half sets at around plus 125. I think both players will have moments. I think that you're going to see both players be able to really tire out the opposition at various points in the match. We've seen Brooks get off to some slow starts every now and then. Dropped the set to Isner, for example. Diminor has looked pretty sharp. I do think that you might end up seeing Brooksby's nerves play a factor early on before he settles down, but I do like over two and a half sets. And the long shot play is going to be Brooksby in three. And I do think that eventually Diminor is going to wear down because of fatigue as this match progresses. But I do think if you want to take Brooksby to win, he could have won in straight sets, but if you think it's going to be close, which I do, do you think there's any value with Brooksby in three 
based on solely the premise of early nerves for Brooksby, then he finally settles in. Yeah, for sure. What's the price? Unfortunately, as of right now, I don't see it, which is why I kind of decided to go with the uh, over two and a half sets instead because I actually have a price on that. So that's kind of why I went with it. But I, I don't even want to imagine what the price is going to be, but it's going to be very nice. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I mean, for all the reasons that we just said, we both think that Brooksby can come out the winner, and, you know, there, it's really going to be a war out there. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense. So, so uh, I can't wait to see what that those odds are and what they come out with. Uh, what do you have as the over-under in that match? Right uh, the over-under for got? games, I see 21.5 at minus 145 and 22.5 at minus 105. Okay, gotcha. All right, so definitely something also to consider with yeah. there. Obviously, you don't get the plus money, but uh, yeah, if it's going to be a war out there, so you, you never know if uh, if it's going to go three sets. It's going to be seven uh, tiebreaker in there, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, since um, the odds since the odds are close, I'll speculate that Brooks being three is going to be somewhere around three to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it should be. What we've seen in the past, it's it's kind of around there. I think you might even get a little bit long, longer, plus 325, plus 350 maybe if yeah. you shop around. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. What's the, uh, what do we got for the over-under in the Alcaraz match? I just want to mention it as well because that should be a fun one too. Over 22.5 minus 125 is what I see. That also is a fun one. They're both close matches, so it makes a lot of sense. I just feel better about taking the over in the Brooksby match personally because, as we've said before, I don't really like taking high game totals on clay. I'd rather mm-hmm. take the sets. Where for yep. hard court, I kind of go the other way. Even though Brooksby and Diminor are not great servers by any means, I do think if that match is going to go over, it's going to be because of three sets. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. We obviously will see a lot more breaks on clay, so... Uh, you're playing with a little bit of fire compared to hardcore where everything's a little bit faster. So uh, we'll see a lot more winners. Well, it depends on the depends on the players. I mean, Alcaraz, obviously, we see hit a lot of winners, but you, you get what I'm saying. The ball is moving faster. Uh, you have a better chance at a 7-6 versus a in clay court. Yeah, should, should be fun either way. Both matches should be definitely a lot of entertainment. Uh, so either way, should be a pretty fun Sunday. But... Sam, before we wrap up, let the people know where they could find you and let the people know what you've been up to. All right. So uh, I'm excited to see also matches back in the afternoon instead of waking up at, you know, 5.30 a.m. to watch some of these finals. We have a 2 o'clock and a 4 o'clock, was it, I believe? Yeah. Uh, 2 o'clock and a 5 o'clock. 2 and a 5, yeah. So that, that's, that's good. You know, you don't have to wake up early or you don't have to stay up late. So that's always fun. But, uh, yeah, I'm always here on this podcast. Uh talking with Scott about these tennis bets. I'm loving it. And you can see me on Twitter at, at Sam Jacob Tennis. And you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. I know right after this, I'm actually recording a WNBA show, which should be fun. So I'm going to be busy for early, early Sunday morning. But either way, uh, we're going to be back in probably a day or so to go through the upcoming tournaments. You have Los Cabos. You also have City Open going on, which should be fun there in D.C., So we'll be back in about a day or so, but until then, good luck to all of you and all your bets. Bye, everyone.